Good afternoon. Brother Stone called me this afternoon and asked me uh, uh, to bring the word, and so I will. Uh, I want to speak tonight about spiritual, the fact that we are spiritual creatures, and God gives us a specific spirit, spiritual principles from Romans and specific duties and consequences from um, Corinthians, and we'll bring those together if we... Here in the next couple of hours, I guess. <laughs> I got to look at this. I just kept exploding. Um, in fact, the natural man, I don't need to go here, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's God's Word, and uh, uh God has given us the ability after we are saved and have received the Holy Spirit within us, uh, then we have the spiritual ability to discern things. And uh, that is what salvation is about. Not being dead in the flesh anymore, but having received the Spirit back in that Satan took from us uh, there in the Garden of Eden with his lies. And, of course, Adam and Eve having fallen for him. And uh, God said, if you partake of this tree of knowledge, you shall surely die. They did. They died spiritually. Because they were still walking around, talking. They realized they were naked. You know, went and made clothes or tried to cover themselves with fig leaves and that sort of stuff. But they, they had a dead body is all they had. Like any person who's born today, you, know, you look at a nice, cute little baby, he's just as dead as a hammer. He's spiritually dead, and he has to come to the knowledge of Christ. Of course, he's safe in Christ until he reaches the age of accountability. We know that. Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll start, and then we'll go to Romans, and hopefully I can get this finished up by what, 8 o'clock, so we'll see. And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as spiritual, but as that under carnal is even as babes in Christ. I do not understand how anybody cannot say that a saved person is spiritual when you read these scriptures. I mean, the, the expectation of Paul clearly is to these Christians, I've got to speak to you as carnal people because you're not acting spiritual. And his expectation was that they would live and act as spiritual creatures and not as carnal creatures. Now, we all have the capacity to be just as carnal and ugly as any uh, unsaved person, but and that's what this is about here. Specific uh, sp- uh, uh, instructions concerning ourselves to, to act spiritually, and some consequences, and we'll look at more consequences over in Romans eight. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for here too you are not able to bear it; neither yet now are you able. So here we see that. From God's own word, that these Christians are to be mature Christians, that they can understand the meat of the word and not just milk, not just the base fundamental things. Uh, again, when a person is saved, he's a baby in Christ. He's not a, a, a grown Christian. So you don't go trying to cram mature Christian things down this person's throat because he's a baby in Christ. But he is a spiritual creature. And these things are spiritually discerned. They're not carnally discerned. And um, 
No, oh, my goodness. Okay. That stinking time. It must be a jether. I took off. All right. For while one saith, I am a Paul, and another saith, I am a Paulus, are you not carnal? Now, the, the main thing to look at here is just arguing and fussing about. You know, forget about what the, the you know, what's going on here. It's just look at the, the fact that there's strife. And it's not supposed to be strife among brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to set aside when 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, uh, verse 4. We're supposed to set aside our, our, our petty, uh, preferences and that sort of stuff. And that's all there. And leave preferences are supposed to be checked out there at the gate. The Word of God is what it's supposed to control from that gate forward. In fact, it's supposed to control our life, period. But for certain in this house, it's the Word of God, and our preferences don't mean anything. Unfortunately, and that's where most church splits come from, is preferences. You never see a church split when both parties are correct in the Word of God. That's impossible. Somebody's wrong. Now, who then is Paul? And look at the apostle. This is probably one of the greatest men that ever lived, other than Jesus Christ and John the Baptist. And look at his approach to this subject. Who am I? See, if everybody would have that heart, then it wouldn't be any argument and fuss and fight. The, the point is this. Look at the heart of this great man. From the time he was saved, he had nothing but trials and tribulations, difficulties, and imprisonments, being chained, and, and all this stuff, and always had a great attitude. He did. I, I do not see how Paul did what he did. I don't. I, I do not do I, I do not see how he was able to do it. But he did. And he says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. See, he sums it up with God gave this. This is about the Lord. This ain't about these men. And that's what our business is here in this church is about. It's about the Lord's business. And we need to remember that. It's not about what we like or don't like. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And it's keeping it at that. It's about the Lord. But then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. You know, and I, I have heard preachers all my life, and I've been bad to church since I was big enough to knee out to a grasshopper. And I've heard Baptist preachers talking about so-and-so saved this many people, so-and-so got this many saved, so-and-so got this many saved, and they got so many saved. And I'm sitting there thinking, they didn't get anybody saved. God did. And that's terrible for anybody to talk about they got somebody saved. No, they didn't. That is totally, totally carnal, and it's not scriptural. And we need to, we need to get that out on the table because God gives the increase. And Diane, I was just talking about uh, certain individuals we've known over our lives and just a little bit of witnessing. And years later, we find out they recalled that witness and they were saved. You, ain't no way what me or Diane said to them got them saved. God did it. That's an act of God. If somebody could have given me a little bit of instruction about algebra like that, and I could have been, I could have blown through algebra, now that would have been something. But see, God doesn't worry about me in algebra. 
or anybody else in hell. He's worrying about, are you going to heaven or hell? And say, never let that little bit of witnessing go away. And then somebody come along and watered it, and God gave the increase. And that's awesome. And so anybody that does the planning, or what, they ain't nothing. It's God that does it. He that planteth and he that watereth the one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now God's saying, look, it's not going to go with that rewards. Let's get that out on the table. You're going to be rewarded for this. But it doesn't make you bigger than somebody else in the church. And so we don't need to get our heads all swelled up and start arguing and fussing and fighting about it. For we're laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another built thereupon. But let every man take heed how he built thereupon. You see, we have this responsibility to walk spiritually, not carnally. In everything that we do, what is God? What, what would God do? What is, what is Christ would do? How do we conduct ourselves about this? Do we, you know, do we get petty arguments over something that, you know, that, that no. I mean, I, I challenge you where Christ got in petty arguments with anybody. He got mad at one group of people that were making merchandise of God's people in his house. And they, those poor people coming in there, some of them just had a, a dove to make an offering. Oh, that's not good enough. Let me have that. You've got to buy this and all this kind of stuff. Making merchandise of God's people. Money changers. In the house of God. And boy, he got out of whip and got him out of there. But as far as all the abuse. Now you're talking about abuse. And, you know, through this in the Sundays we've been studying how Christ, you know, and, you know went witnessing to the Jews. And, and to the Pharisees. He witnessed over and over and over and over again. Trying to reach these people. And all they could say about it. Who in the world is this um, carpenter's son from Galilee? Is anybody important to ever come from Galilee? He put up with that kind of derision all the time. And then, in, in, you know, how can anybody from Galilee talk like this? Christ didn't turn around and say, well, you know, guess I nailed you, didn't I? Surprised you, didn't I? He didn't say that. He didn't get, you know, all smart aleck about it or nothing. And they were shocked to hear that he could speak that way. Now, imagine that. Christ, who had knowledge of everything, and these pointy-headed guys, that yeah, they, they probably had a good IQ. They were the smartest in that group. But they weren't. They would make a mole on Christ's left toe as far as knowledge and power. And this is a man. They, 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 they were sitting there saying this about a man who had taking people who didn't even have an arm in hand and just returned it. He had raised the dead. He had healed thousands of people. They said multitudes. And then they're sitting there talking about, who in the world is this guy from Galilee? Anybody important ever come from Galilee? But this is, you know, it, it's it, that, now, it's a shame to even hear that at all. But what is even worse? See, that's, that's gross, rank carnality is what that is. But for Christians to fall off into that, that's what's awful. But see, look what Jesus did. He sat there and took all that abuse, took all that derision against him, and, and, and 
uh, insinuations of just terrible, calling him ignorant and stupid and all that, and he, he just wouldn't run on. He said, you better be careful how you take heed, how you build upon the, the, the foundation of Jesus Christ. For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, nobody's going to heaven except through Christ, period. That's it. Now, any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Now, you've got two kinds of works here. Now, he's been talking about carnality, and he's been talking about spirituality. A Christian, when he is saved, he becomes a spiritual creature. He does spiritual works. Well, guess what's one of that group of works you think is spirituality? Gold, silver, and precious stones. All this bickering and, 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 and cheap shots and, 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 you know, just being ugly to each other. Wood, hay, and stubble. I mean, you know, the thing is, is where does ugly, where is it going to take you? I mean, what are you trying to achieve? Just think about it. Kindness. And, and here, here's somebody that's been being absolutely, just definitely, for sure, being ugly to you just for the sake of being that way. Look what Jesus did. He took it patiently and kindly. He didn't. He he, he had a moral high ground and intellectual high ground. All these punks. That's all they were. Cheap punks. And he didn't. He didn't go back after them. Now, and that's how we're supposed to be. Because you see, one day, we're going to die, and all that mess is going to go away. Every bit of nothing that you win, every argument you ever got into, it's not going to make a hill of beans the second you die. The only thing that's going to make any difference is this spiritual works. Your kindness when people are ugly to you. Your gentleness. When people were belligerent and aggressive towards you. Your long suffering when it just went on and on and on. When that's what we need to remember. He says, Every man's work shall be made known. You know, he just talking to make his head rattle. Okay, I don't know how he's gonna do that, but he's gonna make all our works known. Before the whole crowd, billions of Christians before that Bema seat. Come on, all know. So, just the fact that you're able to hide something now, well, let's just say anybody in the group that you live in, if everybody knew it, and you think that'd be a disaster. What do you think it's going to be when billions know about it? My friend, we better get busy letting Christ know we're sorry. We better get all our filthy works, our hidden deeds, confessed, repented of. And I mean generally repented of. Because without repentance, there's no remission of sin. You can just forget that. You get it under the blood, it's forgiven. 
It's gone. He says, as far as the east is from the west. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work, what sort it is. Now, I don't know how this is going to work. Nobody does. But make no mistake about it. It's going to be some profound, dramatic event. Can you imagine some big fire? And all our works are being made known in it. And if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Now look at that. You tell me we ain't spiritual creatures. Yet so as by fire. In other words, he himself is going to be saved, but all his work is gone. Why is he saved? Because he's a spiritual creature. And that part is what's left. The part that, 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 that was when Jesus told Nicodemus, you shall be born again. Well, that born again entity that lives within every creature, that's what's going to still be alive. Jesus didn't say a word to Nicodemus. Because see, Nicodemus, we're sitting down on Sunday, he was all mixed up in those Pharisees. He was one of them. One of them just asked him Sunday, well, what are you with him? Talking about Christ. Then we read later where Nicodemus took the, the, the spices and stuff to wrap Christ's body. He was saved. Very likely. But he was one of them. And, and, and the thing is, is when, very likely, I don't know, I don't know what Nicodemus did, but you know, if he saved a Pharisee, he ain't going to have much rewards there. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth within you. Now, can you be any more blunt than that? The Spirit of God dwelleth in every Christian. Remember that other scripture? The natural man understandeth not the things of God, neither indeed can he, because they're spiritually discerned. Well, how do you think we understand things? Spiritually, from the Spirit of God that dwells in us. If any man defile the temple of God, God he himself shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now let's look over Romans chapter 8, just a second. Now I hope to get back over here, but I might not. Romans 8 is just wonderful. Um, let's look at Romans 8 and verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Now look at the wonderful glove in hand, how the Scripture just, one Scripture corroborates the other. Just like what we just read there in Corinthians. If you walk after the flesh, you're going to die. That's just not going to work with God. You just keep that up. You think you're just going to go off out here and do what you please? I know, I know Christians that did that, and by the time they were 50 years old, they were dead. More than one. Dead. And, you know, I tried to talk to him. Beg one man. Beg him, please don't go down this road. 
Been listening to me. And he died. Not, not immediately. God gave him some room. For the carnal mind, verse 7, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, now let me ask you a question. We, we're Christians, and we want all the help we can get. If you're like me, I know I need all the help I can get. If I'm going to do anything, get anything done, I better get God on my side. Because I know I'm going to lose if I don't. You know, I have, you know, and I miss it. Don't miss sometimes. Many times I've done stupid things in the flesh and, and, and still do. But I tell you, I have, I have seen in my lifetime over and over again an ignorant, backward, C student from humble. Ask God to help him in, in important meetings where millions of dollars worth of business was on the, on the line. And ask God to get there before I did. And you got everybody in the world trying to get this business. You walk in there, sit down, you start talking, and you see God did indeed get there before I did. And it's just absolutely outstanding to see God work that way. And put it this way, I recommend it. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Well, as opposed to walking there with, you know, some hotshot attitude. And, you know, when I first started out and I was like 21 years old, 20 years old, I was wearing a coat and tie and all that stuff. And and they thought that was cute. And so a 20-year-old kid coming there in a coat and tie and all that kind of stuff out later. But after I got on into business stuff, I, I, I shucked that coat and tie. I went on in there and, and shoot. Asked God to get there and he, that, that just smoked that coat and tie. Absolutely. It works. But the carnal mind is enmity against God. So, enmity, not only do you not have God on your side, it's it's enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither. You're talking about dumb as Christians being carnal. You cannot get any dumber than that. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Point blank, you ain't going to please God. Forget it. So if you're going to deal with your spouse in, in, in ugliness the rest of your life, you ain't going to be a please God. That ain't going to happen. You know, God even says that you guys as much as God ought against your brother. Don't even bring your offering to the, to the altar. No, don't even get that bother get down on your knees and ask God for anything. You go get that taken care of, but you got to get that alt you got with your brother. And then you come back to God. So that's what I'm talking about, repenting of your sins. That is a very pervasive, comprehensive thing that needs to be done. Is it too big for us? If I had something I'd done for Brother Rick wrong, you know what God expects me to do? Go to Brother Rick and say, you know what? I was wrong. Brother said, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I thought. And perhaps I did against around his back or something. Maybe he didn't know about it. But I'll tell you what, God knows about it. And you better get that straight with that person. And you better confess your sins to that person. That all you got against that person. That's what repentance is. And say those two words, 
I'm sorry. Then ask God to forgive you. Now the slate's clean. He, he tells us to confess our sins one to another. But don't you think he the ones... Because the carnal mind against God. So then that it, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now let me ask you. Do you really think you can live a spiritual life having a fleshly part of you that you care about that you're dragging around? You ain't, you're too stubborn to deal with it. Think you're too embarrassed? You wait for the corn. You wait for the uh, the, 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 the 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 seat. Billions gonna know about then. Now is the time. The day of salvation is now. You know what salvation means? That's the all-encompassing word of the Christian life. It's redemption. It's being removed from the habit and dominion of sin. And it's living a spiritual life. That's salvation. Redemption is part of it. But being removed from that habit and dominion of sin, that's the rest of it. The day, the now is the day of salvation. Not later, my friend. That's what the scripture says. Get out of this habit of carnality and sin. And for, for, don't drag around some kind of bad habit that you've got that's carnal. I mean, put it before God, put it before God, put it before God. And listen, don't believe what Satan said. Believe what the Lord said. Brother, he said, how many times shall I forgive my brother? He said, 70 times 7. Don't you realize that's an iconic statement of as many times as you have to? Well, let me ask you a question. Don't you know that's what Jesus does for us? Don't let Satan tell you that he's not going to forgive you again. He'll forgive you every time you come to him. Jesus is in not only the redeeming business, but the forgiving business. Boy, that's a sad thing. People are going to get to the beam of seat with unforgiving sins. And that would probably been the easiest thing they could have done in their life. But the most important thing. The easiest thing is the most important thing. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. See, God does not even consider our flesh. He considers that just to be just a dead mess. And, that, and you know what? We're supposed to have the same mindset. What we want in the flesh doesn't, shouldn't even matter. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. <laughs> and there are people that say Christians aren't spiritual by, uh, creatures. Really? You're going to have to rip all these scriptures out of the Bible. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. There it is. There is absolutely written proof from God's Word that when you're saved, the body is not saved. The body does not become your partner in Christianity. It's a dead piece of meat. That's what it is, period. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh so much that you cannot do the thing that you would. It's contrary to the spirit. It never becomes part of the spiritual. It never becomes a partner of the spirit. 
It's always the enemy of the Spirit. And it has to be dealt with. Look, you will never solve a problem if you don't know what it is. Our biggest problem is our own flesh that we see when we look in the mirror. That's our biggest problem. And it's our biggest adversary. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, Romans chapter 4, let's look at that for just a second. We've got to make sure we get this right. I don't want you thinking, that, oh, yeah, I got, I got righteousness. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Let me read that again. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Let's go ahead and read the rest of it. Even as David also described the blessings of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not charge sin or impute sin. Now, we got righteousness. Come from the blood of Christ. That's why it's so important to put all your sins under the blood of Christ. Because there sits this huge body of righteousness. Come dragging this little tiny bit of filth. And you want, you, you want to see the perfect example of that? Adam and Eve in the garden, for Pete's sake, they ate a piece of fruit. Or they ate some kind of apple or something off that tree. It might have been an orange or apple or whatever it was. And they didn't go kill somebody. And that brought down the whole creation. Why? Because it was sin. That ought to tell us how holy God is. One sin that seems like nothing to us in our carnal minds. But it brought down all of this crippleness and, and suffering and everything you see all over the world because that one sin. That's how holy God is and that's the kind of holiness we come to when we say, God, forgive me for our sin. And we go get all with our brother we go get it taken care of. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit to dwell in you. Well, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh, to live out to the flesh. You know, I mean, how many times God got to tell us? Over in Corinthians, He told us this. Now here in Romans, He's telling us this. We are debtors to not, not don't do, don't do what you, what is your propensities. Forget your propensities. What about this says? That's what's important. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We're debtors. Not to the flesh, to live out the flesh. Here it is. 
For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the, the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. I mean, God is very plain about this. It's a serious matter for a Christian to go out here and just do what he pleases. Just ignore God's instructions. Maybe you're not out here robbing banks and killing people and all this kind of stuff, but you're just living a, a, just a carnal life. Just doing what you please, come to church on Easter and Sunday, on Easter and Christmas and whenever or whatever. Not giving God any consideration at all about your life. Not being obedient on anything. Just somebody do you wrong, you do them wrong. You make sure you get even with everybody. You got a bumper sticker that says, I don't get mad, I got even, and all that kind of stuff. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. For you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, that's exactly right. We shouldn't fear. Don't let Satan ever put you in fear of the sin you did. You just simply go to the Father and say, Father, I have sinned. You won't ever see where Jesus still formed anybody. Tell you what, he gave the perfect picture. In the temple, there was this old publican. And he, he probably was as guilty as he could be of terrible sin. Then Jesus said, there he was. Couldn't deny me as much as lift his eyes up to heaven. But smote his breast and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Then Jesus said, over here, sinner, pup, uh, 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 a Pharisee. And Jesus said he was praying to himself. And he said, God, I have given a tenth of everything I've earned. And you know what? This guy probably did live do all this stuff. He probably did everything he said. He probably lived a pristine, I mean, a very disciplined life. Everything he said probably correct. But see, he was doing one thing. Every one of those words was trampling underfoot the blood work of Jesus Christ. That publican over here was reaching out and confessing his sins and into that blood, into that ocean of righteousness, he came up a pristine, clean man. Because Jesus said, that man went down justified. What? Because of those righteousness we just read, Romans 4. That's how easy it is. I mean, Jesus gave the example. We don't have to be all confused about this stuff. It's not hard. Now, the Spirit itself, verse 16 Bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and of children and heirs. Now, look at this. Heirs of God. Now, I, I can't not emphasize this enough. I wish somehow or another I, I could make this known to the whole world that those in Jesus Christ one day are going to be joint heirs with the Son of God. Can you imagine if somebody called you up and said, you know what? Now, 
we all got our flesh. Old Bill, old Bill Gates has decided he's going to make you a son, and you're going you're gonna to come down here, and you're going to get... You're going to be his heir. And whatever kinfolk heirs he's got, you're going to be right there even with them. Just hundreds of billions of dollars. And, is it, and with all the fingers he's got and everything, with all this computer say it just continues to flow. It makes oil wells look like a petty business. Well, you, you'd probably be excited. But you know what? That's pitiful. You talking about a you talking about an inheritance, my friend. We got one coming, and I tell you what I like. Oh boy, I like this. Oh my goodness, I like this. And I know it's a lot of carnality, and God's gonna get that all straightened out to me when, as soon as He Christ comes back. But what I like, I can't wait to see that Redeemer, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Written on him, riding on that white horse, and perhaps if I'm dead, one day we're going to hear, "Mount up, mount up, boy! I'm going to run. I'm jumping on that steed. Let's go! All them Democrats and all them lying Republicans and all these lying, cheating lobbyists, all that stuff, they can be watered up, cast in the lake of fire." Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. And he's going to rule with a rod of iron. Oh, a rod of iron. They're not going to be, well, okay, we'll think about it. Jesus said it. And you know what? He said we're going to rule with him as joint heirs. And I believe this, my friend. If you're a member of the bride, you're going to be able to go into the holiest of holies. And Jesus is going to say, come here. This is what I want you to do. Give you a job. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's going to work that way. Maybe not. I like to think it will. Go down and get it straightened out. Because, see, during that thousand-year reign, there's going to be lost people here. And there's going to, there is. There's going to be a lot of people saved during that time. And the reason I know that a lot of them ain't going to be saved because at the end of that thousand-year reign, Satan is going to be released from hell and he's going to go out and deceive the nations and they're going to rise up and, and rebel against Jesus. Can you imagine having lived under the, the Holy One of, of God and seeing all the peace and prosperity and goodness and, and sickness and all that stuff gone? You know, rise up. That shows you how stupid our flesh is. Not their flesh, our flesh. Flesh is stupid. But to see this written in God's Word, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now you see, you look at that. Anytime, and I tell you, it's getting worse, my friend. I had to call my bank today. I found out Wells Fargo been supporting his gay rights and all this business. I called that. Chief Banker there at Wells Fargo said, if this is true, I'm going to move my camp. Oh, no, John, I'm a Christian, and all of us here are Christians. We all live here in the woodlands. I said, Dave, this ain't about you. It's about your company. American Family Association sent me this notice. 
uh, Brother Dobbins and that whole group is in that. And uh, I said, but I'm calling you. You know, maybe you guys can get, get rid of that mess. Had that Wells Fargo uh, stagecoach, some big old pink balloons and all that mess on it, because they're, they're stationed in San Francisco. Well, we're going to suffer with it. And uh, I moved my account from, from, from uh, 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 Home Depot. Now, they're they big supporters of it. And uh, oh, they didn't like it, but they just kept on doing it. It didn't change anything. I'll tell you one thing. And, and you know, it wasn't convenient for us. So we're going to suffer with it, and, and it's just going to get worse and worse. That's what it's going to do. Before long, we're going to be castigated as a bunch of idiots, as a bunch of wild-eyed uh, people that need to be killed. And they will kill us, and they will persecute us. And we're going to be suffering with him. But that's all right. Let me suffer with Christ. Because the day is coming. It's like what Brother Stone says. The best is yet to come. Hey, nothing but glory when you suffer with the Lord. To stand with him. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There it is in written form. Whatever we suffer is peanuts compared to what Christ is going to do for us when we when He comes back. You know, I I really kind of hope I die before He comes back because I want to be there that day. He says, "Mount up." <laughs> Can you imagine that? What that's going to be like? And I don't know. I I just hope Jesus let me see that Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Because I'm so sick of liars and half-truth tellers and things just getting worse and worse and nobody can do who gets in there. They, they don't have enough gumption to do what's right anymore. But I guarantee you, the gumption's coming. It's coming, my friend. <laughs> and thank God, we're coming with him. That's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good thousand years. Look how Jesus, look how the Lord starts eternity. The first thing he does is give his children, not 60 years, not 70 years, not 80 years here, with just a bunch of misery and arguing and pushing and shoving and all that, a thousand years here as a joint heir with the Son of God. you talking about just starting things off right. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to let you get down there and get justice on the earth. For a thousand years. As to compensate you for all that grief you had to put up with. But measly 60 or 70 years you had to put up with down there. Now you're talking about something got interest. That's a pretty good payback, my friend. And it's coming. He's coming. And so hey, we've got to close. But the Word of God's awesome. I don't say you could not love the Word of God. Just get in here and you just see just one good blessing right after another. But you know what? We need to get motivated to get ourselves acting and living as spiritual creatures. And when it comes time to go to church, there ain't no stinking options in your house. It's, we're going. Satan is the one who brings up, well, whether we're going to go here tonight or not, and you know, feel good and all that. You know, I didn't feel good either. But I tell you what, I feel good now. I guarantee you I do. 
Because this this is good this is good stuff. This is better than and when I was eighteen no eighteen probably like sixteen. Listen to old James Brown, I feel good. I, only concert I went to was his. <laughs> I think I was amazing. He could move across that stage look like he was on, on, on marbles or something. And I, I think I was the only white guy there. But that's all right. <laughs> and that's why I can't hear nothing now. <laughs> but uh, I, I went and got a shot today in my, uh, yesterday in my back. And you know, went in the room, sat down in a chair, you know, where that, where that joint was. And I'm sitting there thinking, because well, it kind of, like, but when I come walking in here, sitting there, I'm thinking, hmm, they might be feeling better. Because y'all were here Sunday, I could hardly stand up. I couldn't even. It, you know, it was, it was hard. I could barely walk. And I'm thinking, within just five, six, seven, eight, and I could just feel the pain just leaving out of my face. I, I got up out of that chair. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just, I could walk. I could do this. And I couldn't do that. I didn't know no more do that Sunday than I could do anything. And I told that, that, that I started calling her a nurse. She's a doctor. She's done all this stuff. Anyway, she told a little young girl, I said, wow, uh, I know you probably don't know it, but... That's some of that James Brown stuff you done put in my bank. She said, I know who James Brown is. I said, well, you, die. you miss feel good. <laughs> because those people, they're professional. I don't know hear that kind of stuff. But I did. I felt a whole lot better. Man, I could walk right. I, it got so bad, I had to tell Diane to slow down. And for 50, you know, that's what it is. She's getting Because for 50 years, she's been telling me to slow down. And uh, it used to hurt me to have to walk slow but I guarantee you, I got took care of that deal. Man. But anyway, it's good to be a Christian. It's good that God has given us His written word, His written promises. And this is going to happen, my friends. It's going to happen. It's coming. And we're going, you know, we're going to be with Him. And it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Jesus is not going to come down here and make us and, and, and join heirs and, and, and be some big ogre. Ogre? He's not going to be that. His. his Every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect gift that you ever had came from the Lord. And we are going to be right there with the source of every good and perfect gift that ever happened. It's just going to be flowing out. Be joining here. Man, that is, that, is, that is a phenomenal future we got for us. Okay, let's stand that word of prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you, Father, for the gifts that you've given us in salvation, your word, your Holy Spirit, these wonderful promises. And, Father, thank you for your forgiveness that you give us every moment of the day that we seek it, that you're so kind and just to forgive us of our sins. And, Father, please give us the wisdom to get rid of our sins, to get rid of our carnality, and bring it before you. And, and, Father, to go to each other and get all cleaned up between each other and live a solid Christian life, looking forward for that day. Father, that we stand there for that beam of seat and with forward hopefulness and, and, and confidence in, in your blood work, that we have been careful to obey your words and do what you, you, you've instructed us to do. And not come dragging before that beam of seed a life of carnality. Oh, forbid that we should do that, Father. Thank you for these wonderful promises, these wonderful words of life, and these instructions. Father, go with each and every one of us. Give us the courage 
and the volition, Father, to do exactly what we've learned here in your word, that we'll live a spiritual life and not a carnal life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Uh, uh.